Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time. Even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What's happening? Welcome into the program. It's a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. Yes, I say that every day, but that's okay, because we are the eternal optimists here on this program, which means... Well, we're just trying to get through the day. What can we say? Let's be honest about it. We're trying to get through all the madness, which there is a never a shortage of news and breaking information and insanity and shenanigans. As in Joe Biden says, the malarkey that goes on throughout the world today. So let's try and break it all down with you with common sense, rationale and reason here on this program. Welcome into a broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you to death, appreciate you very much, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. And we're not just going to disappear, <laughs> as far as I know at least. We're going to be here for the long haul, consistently, for you, because that's what we do. Bottom of the hour, we have Tom Rigsby on the show. He is with American Contingency, the CEO and founder of American Contingency. We'll talk about the dairy farm explosion down in texas you remember that from a while ago when was that that was back on april 12th a couple weeks ago we're going to talk about what happened why eighteen thousand cattle just ended up dying in that crazy explosion and what that means for supply chain issues the price of beef and a heck of a lot more in the agricultural industry and for us that are just buying trying to buy you know hamburger patties in the girls what the heck's going on also obviously being a dairy farm with the price of milk eggs are on the rise so why the hell well, let's just make dairy on the rise as well so we'll get to all that here in just a little bit kind of an interesting take because there's been an ongoing thing for a while now for the last year or so of distribution centers just randomly catching fire or with airplanes randomly running into them and exploding them we don't know what's going on then of course with covid and the supply chain issues price of food is obviously a little bit on the higher end than what it usually is. So we'll get to that here in just a bit. For, speaking of prices, I I don't know if you saw the headline today. This is the big story of the day right here. What's trending today? Just out of guesstimation. Throw a number out there. Just by a guesstimation. Imagine how much money Americans last year in 2022 spent on marijuana. Oh, yes. Marijuana. Yes, I'm talking about the madness the pot how much do you think that we spent on it now most states have done something with this legalize it in some form or fashion whether it be medical or recreational minnesota actually coming out in the last state right now that's actually pushing to legalize it recreationally they're moving that one through their legislature right now but there are many in fact only three states in the nation have not legalized it either on a recreational or a medicinal stance and i'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because people are like andy the pot discussion again i'm not wanting to do that however just a random guess throw how much money out there you think we spent on marijuana or legal marijuana last year in 2022 according to mj biz daily and reported by the new york post $30 billion was spent on marijuana just last year alone. That's kind of crazy, man. Now, just to put that into perspective, that topped the $20 billion last year that was spent on chocolate. 
Yes, chocolate, meaning the Mother's Day, the Easter, the Halloween trick-or-treating, none of it compared to the amount of marijuana that was purchased last year across the nation, just to put that into perspective. So the states that have not gotten on board with this, I ask you the question, uh, by the way, the experts are also anticipating that $30 billion to double in the next five years. Uh, what states are ready to try and gain some of that in tax revenue and some revenue coming into their state? Just throwing that concept out there. But holy cow, man, that tops for every Mother's Day gift, for every Easter basket you've given to your child, for every Halloween candy that you've done, for the trick-or-treating, all of it, none of that goes in comparison with the amount of marijuana that we've spent over the last year. Blows my mind. All right, I just found that kind of an interesting tidbit. We are going to talk on that a little bit more in length Friday, I believe. Friday, we're going to talk about that because we have a great guest. Hold on here. As I scroll across the studio here, I ha we have a guest that's going to be on that actually has an interesting conversation, Shannon Duncan. He is an author called Coming Full Circle, Using Psychedelics to Heal Trauma. As we talk about the new move, I call it new, new-ish because we're just like, wow, look at all the benefits here. But uh, people do that for a long time, and then it got shunned by, obviously, Big Pharma, who doesn't like anything natural, but psychedelic medicines, magic mushrooms, or the ayahuasca trips you hear about people taking nowadays. He wrote a book on the actual science behind it, and does it actually help individuals with mental health issues? Depression, anxiety, PTSD, uh, whatever else, uh, whatever chemical imbalances may be happening in the brain, do psychedelic um, drugs, so to speak, under controlled settings with psychiatrists and doctors actually heal trauma and mental health issues. So we're going to talk about that coming up on Friday. Kind of be an interesting conversation. And by the way, if you go to our Patreon site, you can actually listen to it in its entirety before we actually air it on the program because we interviewed him today. And we'll play that on the show on Friday in its uh, uh, portion of it because we can't air the entire thing due to time restraints here on the radio program. All right, enough of that. We'll get into that a little bit later on the program, but let's get into our What's Trending story of the day. What's trending today? The big news, man. I told you, like, we don't have to really go out of our way a whole lot to find a lot of breaking news going on because there's a lot obviously happening. Yesterday, Tucker Carlson off the air. Today, we have the big news of Joe Biden making his... Uh, I was going to say it without laughing. Joe Biden making his official announcement of running for re-election in the presidential race of 2024 with a three-minute campaign ad. I know. He was actually able to talk for three full minutes without stutter, stuttering all over himself as I stutter. And I was using it as an example of what Joe Biden actually <laughs> tries to do. Now, this is obviously pre-produced, so he can mumble and stumble all over he wants to over himself. And they can just trim it out. But he made a three-minute video talking about how great his administration has been, how evil the Donald Trump administration was kind of already in the mindset that Donald Trump's going to be the presidential nominee as he directed that campaign message towards the MAGA Republicans wanting to take away our freedoms. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Oh cutting Social Security mm. that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, mm. dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. 
Wow. Now that's just a portion of it, but welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to our favorite segment of the Times. Let's go into the Biden basement. All right, so we have the fear tactics of freedoms. Freedoms being taken away by the MAGA Republicans while we fight for democracy. Now, here's the question. We could nitpick at this because obviously there's a lot to nitpick at. It's really stupid. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all. And we'll play it again here in just a moment. We have some a few other clips as well. But how do you counter the blatant, false, stupid, absurd, ridiculous, however adjective that you want to use? How do you counter some of these lies? Because as you know, the Biden administration is the one that actually takes freedoms away. And we could go down the entire list of Second Amendment issues signing executive orders to try and put in red flag laws, trying to do the uh, mandatory universal background checks, which is really stupid because we already have background checks. But we could just go down the road by itself on Second Amendment issues. What about the constraints of social media now? Again, with the Restrict Act, which I've been saying is an absolute disaster and should never be a part of this conversation at all because they're going to get rid of your ability to have a conversation and dialogue and content outside of the government's restrictions and what you're allowed to see so just by itself online content and social media would be a vast taking away of our freedoms uh in some way the esg movement right now andy what's that that's essentially our social credit score that we're starting for businesses you have to have a high esg score in order to qualify for bank loans and credit cards as a business by the government to allow you to get certain grants or certain government contracts the esg you have to be environmentally friendly you have to be friendly to the lgbtq community and not just like i don't really care because if you just don't care then you're actually anti LGBTQ, FYI, you <laughs> you have to be pro. You have to be, they are courageous. They are the coolest people on the entire planet. We have to hype them up as like the great heroes of the day. That's the level you have to be at or else you're anti-LGBTQ. The banking industry, we want to regulate and just watch every single transaction coming out of your bank account that's $600 or more going in or out. Your paycheck, your mortgage payment, your car payment, your credit card payment, maybe purchasing something oh yes the government wants to track all of those things expanding the irs to do audits on every single individual to make sure that you're paying your fair share we can go down the list and that's just a portion of it of what he's taken away for freedoms but by golly the republicans man the maga now he specifically said maga which i find interesting because he's already kind of assuming that donald trump is going to be the face of the republican party in the presidential candidate again in 2024 let's hear that one more time freedom Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. It shouldn't be. Okay, let's stop right there. <laughs> the democracy, not true because we don't live in a democracy, but I don't know how he's exactly fought for that. Now, if you watch the video, this is three minutes of him doing flashes. You can't actually watch him walk because he trips or he shuffles his feet. So it's not actually him doing anything but standing in front of a podium or taking pictures with a whole bunch of every you know skin color out there because they had to make sure it was the most diverse video that you've ever seen in your entire life. There's, there's not a single photo where he's actually taking a pr- picture with a white person. Which, fine, cool, but man, they really honed in on the fact that he's not a racist when he's actually like the most racist person that's ever been in Congress outside of the actual KKK members. 
to protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security. Not true. That you paid for your entire life. Not true. Cutting taxes for the very well. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's stop right there. Does, do you think that he actually knows that he's lying, or do you think he's just saying it because he's not aware? Cutting Social Security, which isn't true. Cutting Social Security that you paid into your entire life. Again, he's been in government since, what, 1978, 1976? You think he'd actually know the system. But when you pay into Social Security, you don't actually pay into your Social Security. You're paying for somebody that's on it right now. So when you retire, the new workforce that's in there is actually paying for yours. You're not paying into yours at all. That's not how that works. Do you think he knows that? Or is it just a campaign lie? Interesting. Here's the next piece. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America. And we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. Dramatic. With pictures of minorities. That's why I'm running for re-election. <laughs> That, ladies and gentlemen, that, my friends, is the kickoff of the 2024 presidential campaign from Joe Biden. Let's go into the Biden basement. There you have it. Ironically, that comes out at the exact same time where the latest national poll shows that 51, 55 percent of the Democrat Party itself does not want him to be the presidential nominee for the Democrat Party. Quite fascinating, isn't it? Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. 24 minutes past the hour. Man, the official announcement from Joe Biden running for president again in 2024. I, I'm wondering if he's just not listening to his party, if he's not listening to many of the advisors, half the elected officials that have been caught off camera. Democrats, Democrat elected officials that are like, yeah, we really don't want him to be the candidate at all. We read the poll, this one from NBC just a couple of days ago. Do you think Joe Biden should run for president? 70% of all Americans, 51% of Democrats say he should not run for a second term. That's a large amount. Now, the poll also talked about Donald Trump as the first choice among Republicans by two-thirds majority vote. But the overwhelming, including independents, said no, they didn't want him to be that either. But 70% of Americans in the poll said no, they don't want Joe Biden to run for a second term. That's a lot. So if you're running, not listening to the polls, who the hell are you listening to? I'm curious because he's trying to say that we need to finish the job. Got to finish the job that we started in the first term, which is what their their campaign slogan always is for someone running for re-election. We started the job. Now we got to finish the job. The job's never done. So I don't know when the finished project actually is there, uh, but you can always say we can continue on what we've done. But what exactly kind of platform do we have for the Joe Biden campaign uh, fund right now. I mean, what can you say that you've done? You've ruined the economy. You've destroyed 
the stock market. You've destroyed the oil and energy industry. You've destroyed social media and online. You've gone after Second Amendment issues. You've continued to have inflation hit near 7%. Still, years in, one of the longest-running high inflation uh, uh, value market values that we've seen for a while. We're going into a recession, which we really hit last year by definition, but all of them are saying that we're going to slow down and see it this year. You've created massive amounts of government jobs while not giving us the truth about what the private sector jobs actually are. But you say that it's about working with good people because that's what the campaign's all about. I know we're good and decent people. <laughs> I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing Thank us. You. Now again, this is the you know time where he takes a whole lot of photos with different people. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. They've taken the board for the identity politics. That's what it's all about. Every photo, if you go through the video, it's hilarious to watch. Every video is about trying to find as many unique identities as possible. So the question is, is how do we combat the lies from the other side. Obviously, we can talk about it on the radio, talk about it on podcasts, talk about it on TV programs. But how do you wake up the other side to see the lies? You can go back throughout Joe Biden's entire history and you can see the racist comments that he's made, the absurd comments that he's made. Just beyond that, they say the number one issue for him is obviously age. But beyond that, let's talk about the actual policy issues. Because wouldn't you be a little concerned if, like, one of the most racist guys out there was out there taking photos with people trying to be not racist? What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Yeah, I do. I know a lot of weed smokers. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. I mean... I guess that's the Joe Biden administration. Hey, look at all the cool comments that we've made, but don't worry. As long as we take a photo with some minority group, then we're cool. We're fighting for unity and civil rights when he actually fought against civil rights and the whole segregation and Jim Crow laws. Yeah, that was his side. That was what his stance were. Oh, yeah, that's right. But by golly, now he's going to fight for you. And if you believe that, let me tell you. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Wright, it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on the post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week, trying to carpe diem all over this place, baby. <laughs> That's what we do. Welcome into it. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time on our multiple radio stations all over the place. So we have the big announcement from Joe Biden. There it is, man. Running for president again, 2024. Let's finish this job. I know we can. 
is this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. Very interesting indeed. By the way, real quickly before we shift gears here for a second as well, I don't know if you've noticed if you've been paying attention or if you've been wanting or waiting or wondering what the heck's happening, but with the announcement of Tucker Carlson on Monday regarding him leaving Fox News, if you go to his website, TuckerCarlson.com, it sounds like he's been working hard behind the scenes getting things up and ready to go. As if you go to his website, the first thing you see is a pop-up that says, Text Tucker to 44055 and become a TuckerCarlson.com insider to find out what Tucker's up to next. So it sounds like he may be working on his own project, whether it's a podcast or his own network or something, but he's not. it doesn't sound like he's joining another network. It sounds like he's going to be uh, having his own uh, projects right there on his Tucker Carlson website at TuckerCarlson.com. So if you're interested, if you want to te- text it, you can do Tucker to 44055. I don't know why I'm giving him a plug. You should be going to HoosierReason.com and checking out my website because, you know, we're actually on the air right now. Oh! Oh, and I don't have my... There it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, Although he's got a heck of a lot more supporters than me. With that, let's go to our next guest. What do you say? What's trending today? And excited to have this guy back on the program. It's been a little bit since we've had him on. But as you know, there was a couple weeks ago, it just kind of falls right in line with some of the news we've seen over the last year or so with some of the big cases of distribution plants for food just going up in flames and airplanes randomly just striking them and hitting them for no apparent reason. And now a lot of them being part of you know, in the state of Kansas, talking to agricultural leaders, they say that a lot of times those fires get started, you know, oopsies, in order for insurance, in order to rebuild, because they're so old and outdated, they need new distribution plants. Okay, cool. I get that. But there's been a lot of them that's happened over the last year or so. Then you have the airplanes that's randomly, you know, flown into them as well. Then you have this case out of Texas where 18,000 cows died at a dairy farm after an explosion. Say, what the heck happened here, man? And does this fall into a greater conversation to have, excited to have on the program? He is with American Contingency, which you can find online at AmericanContingency.com. Happy to have back on the program Mr. Tom Rigsby. Tom, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? Doing great. It's good to talk to you again. Uh, For those that don't know this story or don't know exactly what happened, why in the world did we see an explosion that killed 18,000 cows? Like, that's devastating to me. Well, you know, it it is. It's a terrible thing. And, you know, I I grew up on a farm, and so I, I feel connected to this story. Um, But the reality is, you know, if you look at the numbers and do the math, uh, 18,000 cattle is a lot of livestock to lose. And it, it, it's about 1% of our milk production, mm. uh, in the country. We, we don't know yet what caused this particular fire. I'm, uh, I completely understand, you know, the information that you've gotten about insurance policies, overheating and that sort of thing. Um, but you typically don't see the livestock consumed in that kind of, in that kind of fire. Um, unfortunately these things happen a lot and you know, with, it's a cattle farm, they were all in one barn. There's a lot of methane in that building. Um, you know, all it takes is one stray spark and, and there you go. Is it, is it something more nefarious than that? I, you know, from my perspective, um, 
I look at the situation, which is, you know, here's the broader situation is the the impact and these these seemingly recurring stories about supply chain food production being damaged or taken off offline. Um, and and so what's the context of that? If the situation is that we have supply chain issues with food, and the context is it's you know out of my control and it's going to damage the ability to keep food at a reasonable price on my table, then my next step is to look at the risks and create a mitigation plan for that. How, how do I get by or how do I keep putting food on the table for the family without breaking the bank? And that, you know, those are the kinds of things that we talk about uh, at American contingency, help people come up with those plans. And yeah, you need to know, you need to know why, and the example I use a lot is, you know, if the power's out, it's important to know why. Because if it's a tornado, you need to get in in the tornado shelter. Sure. But if it's a, you know, a car that's taken out of utility pole, well, that's a little different circumstance. So we have to look at all of these things individually. But, um, you know, I like to look at the bigger picture and say, okay, what can I do to mitigate the risk of something like this happening to me and, and harming me or my family? Exactly. Well, like you said, even if there's nothing nefarious going on, which, you know, I still, you know, the things that go, hmm, like you said, it happens more than what the news likes to report, but it seems like it's been happening more. Uh, but even if it's not nefarious, just the fact that it is happening, that we see 18,000 cattle die here, like you said, about 1% of the milk production, roughly about 20% of cattle slaughters that happen on a daily basis in the state of Texas. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty large sum for a one day's production of meat, even if we were going down that road. Then we had last summer here in the state of Kansas, where we're from, we had thousands, right about that same amount, thousands of cattle just dropped dead because it went from cool weather to an extreme heat with the stagnant wind with no wind or anything and they just dropped dead and it was just you, it raises your eyebrow to what the heck's going on here because outside of the 7% inflation we're already battling, we have the avian flu that killed massive amounts of chickens across the country over the last year. We have prices that are high from inflation and from supply chain shortages right now. That's a cause for concern I think for a lot of people when they're trying to go to the store. Well, absolutely. And I, you know, you mentioned 7% inflation. Um, I, I would submit to you that that the number, the actual number, the felt number is much higher than that. All yeah. you have to do is ask anyone who's gone to the grocery store lately. Um, the, the numbers are significantly higher than they were even this time last year. But you know, what, what a lot of people don't remember is in 2020, when we were in the, the, the beginning stages of the, the COVID um, madness that was going on. USDA came out with programs to help ranchers and farmers put down their livestock mm. because their expectation was, and this is what happened, we're going to shut down the processing plant. So the, the butchering plants where these animals get processed and turned into products that go on the grocery store shelves, yeah. we're going to shut them down because people are going to get sick there. And so we don't want you to you know, have to feed your, your animals for another season. So we'll help you put them down. That's a really big deal. That's a big deal. Well, and then on top of that, we have now with the ongoing drought, especially in the Mid-America region with Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, the massive drought, we see uh, agricultural farmers and especially cattle farmers 
who can't buy the grain for the amount of cattle that they have and don't have good pastures, so they're already taking more into slaughter than what they usually do anyways as well, maybe helping temporarily the meat market by oversupplying now, but that's going to be a harmful issue in the long run there, isn't it? Well, you know, it's this phrase that we used to hear all the time, kicking the can down the road. (laughs) Yes, that solves solves a short-term problem, but the long-term problem could be much more significant. And these are these are the same farmers, the ones you just talked about, are the same ones who are still trying to recover from having to put down a year's worth of of livestock. Yep. Um, and, and and trying to financially recover from that. But what a lot of people don't realize, and, and this is why you wouldn't want to kill accidentally kill eighteen thousand head. They've spent decades building that herd and selectively breeding that herd for maximum milk production. Yeah. So it's not like you can just go out and buy 18,000 more. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so all of those things, you know, all those things uh, that Bloomberg said, farming's easy, you put it in the ground and you sit around and wait for a little while and, and then you pick it. Well, he clearly has never done that job. Yeah. Yeah, that's the elites that that really show that division here in the country. We're talking with Tom Rigsby uh, with American Contingency, AmericanContingency.com. I hate having these conversations because I get truly, honestly terrified and scared to death about the shakiness and uncertainty of supply chain issues, especially when it comes to food with the growing population that we have around the world, the demand that we have around the world for both grain and for meat, and the exports that we put on, the the pressure that we put on the farmers for exports and for domestic production here. And then when things like this happen, I get scared because it's like, holy cow, am I even going to be able to go to the grocery store and be able to see something on the shelves at all? So the question is, Tom, what can we do to pre, uh, prepare ourselves for something like that? God forbid it ever happen. Sure. Well, I, you know, we start, what we encourage our members to do is start small. And a lot of people will look at, um, you know, food safety and food preservation from a perspective that, well, I can't afford to go out and buy a year's worth of food. Hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't ask you to do that. I would ask you to start with three days. Because statistically, we know that most households in this country don't have three days worth of food in them, sure. which which is scary. Uh, so get three days and then work on three weeks and then work on three months and just buy the things that you normally buy and find somewhere to put them away. It can, they can go under bed. They can go in the back of closets. They, I mean, there's a lot of unused space in the house. Cram and, some canned and foods and box stuff. That. Yeah, I tell you what, Tom, hold hold that line. We got to tell. You, I didn't look at the time here. We're going to take a hard break here. Uh, it's Tom Rigsby, AmericanContingency.com. I want to continue this conversation when we come back. Of what you can do, prepare yourself just a little bit. You're not a crazy prepper if you just decide to prepare yourself. Whatever may happen, even if it's just because the power goes out for a day or two, you might want to prepare yourself a little bit. We'll do some more of that when we come back here for the Voice Reason. Stay here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show as we wrap up a post-Monday celebration. 
Again, the greatest day of the entire week. I don't care what anyone says. That's the way we roll here on the program. We're hanging out with Tom Rigsby, which you can find at AmericanContingency.com. AmericanContingency.com. Have a plan for what may come. You never know what's going to come. As I said, I am scared to death when I talk about these conversations because the uncertainty, the shakiness, how fragile our supply chains are, obviously, that we saw during the COVID pandemic when we rely so much, especially on importing goods across the nation from food to resources to even the computers from China. I mean, why the heck not? Uh, Tom, as we talk about this, do you think there's also an increase in interest from a lot of individuals uh, to grow their own food, either have maybe a few chickens in the backyard or planting their own garden for the first time and kind of uh, being a little more self-sufficient? Yeah, I, actually, I think there's a lot of interest in that. Um, just anecdotally, in, in my own area here, uh, the the farm supply uh, company that I uh, frequent, their first order for chickens this year for the little chicks that they sell, they got 5,000 birds. <laughs> that, wow. That's a lot of chickens. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, the hatcheries, the hatcheries where we, uh, you know, where I'm, in, in my circle, where we usually go to get uh, get chicks, had a three month waiting list to get chicks this year. Wow. So I think that there that there definitely is interest, and I think what people have seen, and you know, you, you know, we can talk about the 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 cows and the and the dairy barn fire. We can talk about supply chain issues, but it could be something as simple as a train derailment, which is not simple, mm-hmm. but poisoning your water. It could be the the residents in Jackson, Mississippi, who have been told to be prepared to boil their water for ten years, wow. right? And and that's the result of a, a flood that inundated their their treatment system. So you know this thing could happen. And and I tell people, I ask people all the time, if somebody knocks on the door and you go to the door, it's the sheriff and says you've got five minutes to get out. There's been a train derailment. Mm. What do you take, right? So. You know, certainly we need to depend on infrastructure when infrastructure is available. Sure. If the grocery store is there, it's open, it's got the products that you want, then buy the products that you want. But by preparing ahead of time, you can lessen the impact when those supply chain issues occur. Last summer, I don't know if anybody remembers, but the price of gas was ridiculous last summer. Yeah. Well, because... You know, we had laid away, you know, a few gallons of gas and we put, you know, put those down in the barn. We were able to supplement what we had to buy so that the price impact wasn't as great as if we had to go buy it all at the pump. It's simple little things like that. So whether you do it with food or water or gas or or uh, maybe it's necessary medication. Some people have life-sustaining medications. Well, what what do you do if? If you can't get those, yeah, you know, now is the time and it's like an insurance policy. And that's why we have to preach the sermon all the time. Now is the time to prepare. Amen to that. Uh, Whatever you have the opportunity to do so. If you think, if you, if you have the thought, you know, maybe I ought to buy extra, then you should already be buying. Sure. Because other people are buying it and it's not going to be there or be available for you. Well, especially toilet paper when COVID-19 hits. I mean, that was apparently the uh, most important thing that people could get. We got just about a minute left here, Tom. But I do have a question about preserving water. You said try and stock up when you can. 
What is the best way to preserve water? Is it just putting it in maybe old milk jugs and sitting it in areas? Is it trying to buy bottled water? Is it trying to buy some of the big, uh, like, 300-gallon totes and sit them out by, uh, in your backyard? How, what's the best way, do you think, to preserve water in about 45 seconds? Sure. I would say buy it and store it in a manner in which you use it. So if you can buy these one-gallon jugs of drinking water and you'll drink it that way, then do that so that you can rotate that stock. Water itself doesn't have a shelf life, but the container it's in does. And so you need to be rotating your stock through like that. Buy it in a, in a unit that you will actually consume it so that you can rotate that stock. Very interesting. Great stuff. I love it. Great information. And again, it's whether you're preparing for just the power to go out or, like you said, having to boil water from a train derailment, which apparently, according to Pete Buttigieg, is a, a insanely common thing to happen all the time. So we just have to prepare for it at any time now, especially carrying all those crazy chemicals. It's AmericanContingency.com. Go and check out the website. Great ways to play, uh, prepare yourself, inform, equip, and train along with connecting with other like-minded individuals. Tom, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Let's do it again soon. You bet, Andy. Anytime. Always a pleasure, brother. All right, there it is. Podcast up in a little bit. We're back at it again tomorrow for the middle of the week on a Wednesday. Two guests tomorrow. Make sure to rock it out. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.